welcome to Gather Round with Rebecca Spooner. Oh, I know it has been a little while. I feel like that is the story of my life. Every time I come on here, every time I podcast, this is always what happens. This is why I said I am making no promises as to how often this will happen. I had this podcast, what we're going to be talking about today, a number of weeks ago. I just have not had time to actually do the recording, but this this word dropped into my heart um, a couple Sundays ago, and I believe it is relevant for today. It is burning in my heart. It's something that I believe I'll probably end up talking about in our conventions next year coming up. I think that it is um, it's needed. I think in our culture, in our society, in our churches, in in what we are walking through right now, this is the message that I believe God wants us to hear, and that is confidence. I'm not sure yet what I will name this, but I, I honestly one of one of my titles was "Enough with the Insecurity." That's that's what this is about. I am not here to attack you if you feel insecure. I am not here to attack you if you feel um, like you're constantly doubting and trying to figure out what to do. Whether that's in in you know your your walk as a homeschooler and what curriculum and style, or whether that's as a parent, or whether that's in your marriage, or whether that's what you believe and constantly vacillating um, and not knowing and going to people. I am not here to judge you as a person. Instead, I am here to to rebuke the lie, essentially, of what I feel like the enemy is, is absolutely, it has pervaded our culture, it has pervaded our churches, and it is that nobody can find out anything for themselves. Nobody knows but the most anointed, the most knowledgeable, and we just kind of float around, we sway, we're blown by the wind, double-minded man, uncertain in all we do, and it's just, it's just time for us to rise up. So, this is going to be a little bit of a stronger message, but know that I'm not coming from this high place and speaking down or rebuking anybody. I'm actually coming against what you're under. I'm coming against what you have bought into, and I want to I want to speak freedom over us as a body of Christ and say it is time to put on our shoes, put on like you know our big girl panties, whatever. It is time to rise up and walk in confidence of who we were created to be and the authority that we have in Jesus Christ. So that is what the message is today. I have no coffee in front of me and haven't even had it today, but I feel like you're going to need it. So go grab yourself something hot to drink and let's get started. Some of you may have heard my testimony. I grew up in a very um, conservative um, background, I guess, Christian background, um, conservative churches, and um, and I love Jesus. From as early as I can remember, I have loved Jesus, and I have followed him all the days of my life. I can't think of a time when he just wasn't real to me. It wasn't that it was my parents' faith, and then it became my own. It was my faith from as early as I have any recollection of. And so I have walked with Jesus and had such a deep, deep love for him. But I do remember, especially as a young mom, newly, I was very young. I married um, Jonathan when I had just turned 19. 
and I had Caleb when I had just turned 20. So I was, I was young. Um, I, I had basically been homeschooled my whole life. I had like a semester of Bible college, um, but very little life experience. And I had been very sheltered and I was all of a sudden now not a child, even though I kind of felt like one, I was now a woman and I was married. I was a wife and I was a mother. And so trying to find out your identity when so much of your identity is shifting and changing is very difficult. Anyone else? Anyone else can relate to that? So when everything was constantly moving, I remember, I mean, my identity, it just, just in the natural of who I was, was, was honestly, I didn't even have time to process it. I was just going through the motions. When Caleb, my oldest turned two months old, I found out I was pregnant with Selah, my next daughter. And when Selah was six months old, I found out I was pregnant with my next one, Malachi. We had three kids in diapers all at once. We tried cloth diapering. I highly don't recommend it. Um, it's slightly a joke. There's like a bit of truth in that because cloth diapers are great, but I'm just saying three of them at once. It was, it was a gong show unless you can actually remember to switch your loads of laundry. <laughs> Anyways, I digress. So I I was just, honestly, I just, I call it survival mode. The kids asked me, you know, when did I get my, I have no idea. I don't know. It all blurred together. I just was trying to live through the days. Um, during this time, of course, I'm passionate about God. I, I've not changed who I am as far as who God created me to be. And so I was doing youth group with girls. Um, I was involved in our church. We were doing worship. We've always done worship. And and I was just constantly, you know, seeking God and running after him. But I do remember at one point we had moved and I had, at this point, I think three or four, probably four of my kids um, or was pregnant with my fourth. And I remember starting to question and think, you know, who am I in, in God? Like, like, who am I in God? What am I called and created to be? Even, even the whole thing of, of I'm a mom and it's something I'd always wanted. This is literally everything I had always dreamed of being a young um, child. Even people would ask me, what do you want to be when you grow up? I want to be a mom. I want to homeschool my kids. I, that was the dream. That was literally the dream. And so here I was walking out my dream, but there was this slight dissatisfaction in me because I also had so much in me. I had this fire constantly burning in me. I had this love and this passion for God. And I remember thinking there's got to be more than this. And I would talk to people and they would say, you know what? you just need to settle. Like this is just, it's a season. You have young children and it's just a season. And, and in this season, you know, it's okay. And I just, I wasn't content with that. I wasn't content with that answer. I wanted more in my relationship with God. I didn't want to just be a mom until my kids graduated. Oh, now I can do something for Jesus. Why couldn't I do it while my kids were still young? I remembered, um, you know, my husband and I, we watched, we were watching some worship leaders and, and we worship together. And so I, I was saying, oh, that's my dream is to just travel and worship and just, just serve Jesus full time. You know, like this is just all I want to do. And I said, but you know, one day when our kids are older and grown up, maybe if we still have a voice and Jonathan was like, no, why do we have to wait till then? And I started to just have this, this discontent rising up in me, but also just this trying to figure out 
who I was, who I was in the natural, who I was as a mom, who I was as a wife, but also, and more importantly, who I was in Christ, what I believed, what I stood for. And, and I was learning and I was growing. And so I have been there. I have been in the place where I am definitely a reed in the wind blowing to and fro. I have been in the place where I have gone to, you know, listen to a sermon or some sort of session, or I've read a book or I have listened to a podcast and somebody says something and I'm like, oh man, that sounds good. That's resonating with me. You know, the, the trending word in Christian terminology that is resonating with me. And, and I would believe it. And then I would go listen to someone else and they would, they would stand on the exact antithesis of that theological statement. And they would say something else. And this is why that person's wrong. And I think, oh man, that sounds accurate. And I would vacillate and I would search and I would wrestle and, and trying to find, you know, what was right and what was true and, and what I did believe and who I was when everyone around me was trying to tell me who I wasn't. Everyone around me trying to tell me who I wasn't. Somebody listening today has been listening to the voices of everyone around them, telling them who they are not. Just be content. Just settle. It's just a season. Why are you contending? Why are you pushing for something more? Why can you not be satisfied with what you have? Sometimes we need to hear those things. Sometimes we are discontent and constantly seeking, and God calls us into these seasons of of contentedness and just enjoying what he has given us and not constantly seeking more. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about when you feel the burning desire inside your heart to do something for Jesus, when you feel the burning desire inside your heart to be closer to him, to have more intimacy, and when you feel distant and you think there's got to be more than this, and the world tries to tell you that it's because you're a mom, it's because you're a dad, it's because you're in a season, it's because you've got young children, it's because, it's because, it's because, it's because. No. You do not have to accept that. And for some people here, I believe that that right there, you're good. You can leave now because that's what you needed to hear. That's what you're here for. So so how do we do that? How do we walk with confidence? And I believe that this is not just something that will affect your walk with God. I believe this is something that will affect every aspect of your life every aspect of your life. When you can walk in confidence, when you know your identity and when you can walk in that, you will start to see breakthrough in your homeschool. You will start to see breakthrough in your marriage. You will start to see breakthrough in your family and with your children. You will stop feeling guilty going to bed at night for who you're not because you're not trying to be who you're not. You are trying to be who God created you to be and you know who that is and you are walking and resting in it. This will affect every part of your waking life. If we could walk in confidence enough with the insecurity, with the self-doubt, with the self-hatred, with the, with the guilt, with the questioning, 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 and looking for who, who out there could possibly have the answers for us. It is an invitation right now while you are listening to this podcast, there is an invitation for you to stand up and walk in confidence. But how do we do that? 
So my life verse, as much as I, I can relate and we've all had our moments where we've been swayed or we've questioned or we've allowed other voices into our heads um, and we have used those as our barometer rather than the word of God or, or what God is saying to us. However, I will say that even as a young person, and if there are any young people listening to this right now, even as a young person, I have pushed against the the pervading thought process or or um, I don't know, just constantly, it just seemed to be a constant thing in my life that I was, I was too young, um, that I couldn't possibly know for myself, that I needed somebody who had more life experience. I needed somebody who had more knowledge. I needed somebody who had spent their life training and studying. Only those people were authorized. I was not. And my whole life, even as a young person, I have, I, I've, I've just pushed against that. One of my, I have a couple of life verses um, that that were from the very beginning and have never changed. One of those was, um, do not let anyone look down on you because you are young, but instead set an example for the believers. This was something I stood by. I would get so frustrated when people would write me off because I was young. I would get so frustrated when I would try to speak about something and I would hear this condescending, oh honey, one day when you're older, you'll mature and that passion will leave and you'll now be left with what's real because what you're experiencing right now, that's not real right now. And I just couldn't stand it. I couldn't stand people telling me what was and wasn't real and dismissing me because they felt like I did not have the life experience or the learning from the qualified person who was was able to have that stamp of approval on my life. I didn't want their stamp of approval on my life. I actually did not desire it. The other life verse that I had passage is Hebrews 5, 11 to 6, verse 1, and it is a strong one. About this, we have much to say. This is why you'll hear me in my videos and my, my podcasts ever since I started. Every once in a while, I'll say, I have much to say about this. I'm referring to this passage, my life passage, okay? About this, we have much to say, and it is hard to explain since you've become dull of hearing. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness since he is a child. But solid food is for the mature. For those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. Therefore, oh, if you were here, I would say, say, therefore, therefore, here's the action. Let us leave the elementary doctrine of Christ and go on to maturity, not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God. Now, is, is this saying that, that, that doctrine is wrong? Is this saying, no, it's like, at what point do we move on from that? At what point do we get to stop listening to the message of John three sixteen for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son? Amazing. And, and we need to preach that so people who don't know it can, can hear it. But at what point do we as believers move on from that and start to walk in maturity? What is maturity? Maturity is those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. We lack discernment. 
we lack discernment. I have three points for you of how I believe we can grow in confidence, how I believe we can begin to step out, how I believe we can push back against the insecurity. And one of those key, key things is to learn to hear his voice and to discern. Bible says, my sheep hear my voice. My sheep hear my voice. We practice hearing God's voice. We practice tuning in to the spirit. We practice by spending time in the word and and getting familiar with what his voice sounds like. And we learn to discern based on what we know of the character of God. We learn to discern what is right and what is wrong. We learn to discern and test for ourselves because we have the Holy Spirit. See, See, I've talked to people before and they say only those who have spent their lives studying theology, only those who have a master's degree, only those who have been taught by so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so, the only people that can be trusted, only those people who have spent their entire lives in God's word are authorized to teach us. They come up to me all the time and they say, who are you? What authorizes you? Why are you here? And what gives you the right to speak into my life? Number one, you're young. Number two, you, you, what, what's your life experience? Because only those who've experienced this could ever speak to it. And number three, who who is authorizing you what are you under that you would possibly have the right what stamp of approval what seal is on you because without that yeah I've got nothing to, to to listen to from you you've got nothing to say to me see I can pick that up so far away it's like I can see it from a mile away I can see the arm crossed I can see the the nose up in the air I can see that 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 it's pearls to swine I say that and I know it's harsh, but I know that there is nothing I can say to that person because I do not have what they are looking for. They are looking for a stamp of approval that they will never find in me. And I think that it is very specific that I was homeschooled most of my life. I think it's very specific that God actually kept me from Bible college, that he kept me from from um, a lot of knowledge in general, from university, from from degrees, from um, master's degrees, from he, he did not want the world stamp of approval on me. See, God delights in using the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. He delights in, honestly, the underdog. He delights in using the unexpected people in the unexpected places who have none of the credentials that the world is looking for because he says, I'm not looking for the world's credentials. I am. I have my own set of criteria. I have my own credentials. Just like when when Samuel was going, was it Samuel? Am I getting it wrong? Anyways, was going and was looking for the next king and 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 who it would be and and was walking through all of the brothers. He we look at the outside appearance. We look at at who is big and who is strong and who has what on them. But but you see, God said, I look at the heart. I don't look like you do. I don't see what you see. I don't use the same criteria that you are using. I use something different. And when you can learn to trust and hear the voice of God, and when you can learn to discern what he is saying and where he's moving, and and you no longer have to, to be at the mercy of what the world is saying. And it's going to be far different. It's going to be far different. People ask me, what qualifies you? I got nothing. The only qualification I have is Holy Spirit. What was your training? What was your teaching? I only have 
the Holy Spirit as my teacher. I have literally not even been mentored and discipled my whole life. I can't even say, well, I've been under this person. No, I got nothing. What I have is that I have read my Bible. I have followed God, but ultimately I have heard his voice. I am his sheep. I have heard his voice and I have learned to discern because of reading his word. I know what his voice sounds like. I know when it's not him. I know when it doesn't line up with scripture. I have learned how to test things with his word, to not believe everything I hear right off the bat, to not base my my opinion of what God is saying on my emotions or emotionalism, but instead to test it with his word. I have learned to discern. Therefore, I am no longer afraid and I don't have to walk away or, or around in fear of, of what, what might not be true and, and what that pastor saying, you know, well, that's only partially and now I can't sit under them and I can't do this. Well, well that person, you know, it was so good for four years, but then they just had this slip up and and now that they've had this moral failure or this has happened, or I just can no longer trust them. And, and everything they say is garbage. And, and everyone that believed them was basically believing a cult. I mean, listen, this is the, this is the narrative that you are hearing today. The narrative that you are hearing today is that unless a person is perfect and walks in absolute purity and righteousness, which my goodness, we should all be seeking after purity and righteousness. However, none of us are faultless. None of us are without sin. We all make mistakes. We all fall. God covers us. He calls us righteous by the blood of Jesus. But if you look to a person, you are going to find a fault. If you look to a person hard enough, you're going to find it. You want to look at my life, you're going to find it. I have an inner Karen, okay? Full disclosure. It's rare, rarely comes out. I'm working on it. I'm really like, I pray about it. I, I, It's so rare. Like it might be a once a year that someone sees it. Some of the people who've seen it are like um, the phone companies or internet companies, okay? There's just something about that that just, I try not to ever have those phone calls because I'm like, God, I'm, I'm too weak. It's like when I go to the gym and I'm trying to lift weights and it's like, well, my back can do it or my my arms can do it but my elbows can't or my wrists can't or my hands are weak I don't actually have the it's you know you're trying to do sit-ups and and your neck is so sore it's like I'm trying to work out my stomach here but at this point my my neck can't actually do it because my neck is weak I'm like God don't test me on this I'm not strong enough I'm not strong enough to handle phone calls with utility companies right now because there's just something about them that just just it just it just irks me. It frustrates me. I don't like being passed around from person to person to person. Okay. So you want to look to me, you want to say, you want to study me when, when things go wrong or when, when I'm frustrated, you are going to find that I'm an impatient person. You're going to find that I have my faults, that I, I am a starter, not a finisher, that I lack um, motivation. I mean, my goodness, what faults do you want to know about me? You want to look to the person you are going to find their faults. But what we do as a society is this cancel culture, which people say, oh, it's in the world. No, 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 no. It's in our churches. It is, I would say, more prevalent in our churches than anywhere else I have ever seen. Cancel culture. We look to everybody else. And as soon as we see one little thing, we throw the baby out with the bathwater. And it is wrong. It is wrong. It is wrong because God can use us despite our faults because none of us is perfect. And just because someone said something you don't agree with or, or you know, they, they had made a mistake or they stumbled and fell does not mean that everything they've ever done in their life, there's no, no ounce of God in it because, no, it just means that there's also an ounce of us in it. 
My ministry, God is moving. He does all sorts of things through Gather Round. We get emails all the time from people that literally are are coming to faith, that are getting to know Jesus through this, that are becoming Christians. Or I mean, just incredible stuff. And, and there is so much God in this, but there's also a little bit of me in it which means that I'm sure there's going to be imperfections and and failures and and mistakes along the way because it's not that there isn't God, it's that there's also humanity. And humanity is just not perfect yet. It's not there yet, okay? It's not quite finished where there's still live in a broken world, but it's the time is coming, okay? The time is coming. All this to say, we need to learn to listen to his voice. We don't have to be afraid. I'm not saying go sit under somebody who is, is speaking wrong theology and, and leading people astray. I'm not saying go sit under someone who is, is living in sin and moral failure. That's not what I'm getting at. I'm saying why are we so afraid of one little thing that might stretch us or might be different than what we thought or might make us a little bit uncomfortable because we don't have the discernment to know for ourselves. So we hear that. I see it all the time. One of the worst groups on on social media is, maybe I shouldn't say it. I probably shouldn't say it. There is, I'll say, a Christian homeschool group on social media. And and it's if somebody posts one little book, one little thing, and it's, oh, be careful, that person, you should never listen to them because it's one thing. And therefore, you know, we just, we should never go anywhere near it because we might be led astray. Now, I, I mean, you guys, I, I mean, I heard rabbit trail on this and talk about just this one point for the entire episode because, again, I'm not trying to build a religion or a theology around who we should listen to and who we shouldn't listen to and all of those things. All I am saying is you do not have to walk in fear. Instead, you can take things that you agree with, that you don't agree with, that are stretching you, that you're not sure about. You can read God's word. In fact, that's the very best way. It's the most exciting way. Go to church. Be a little stretched. Be a little uncomfortable. Come home. Seek it in the word. Talk about it with your family. Pray about it. Ask God about it. Say, hey, does my uh, my theology, my understanding of you, does it need to grow a little bit? Because maybe I've put this in a box or maybe that's a little off. Huh. That's a little, I'm not sure I agree with that, but it's okay because I'm strong enough in my faith and I have discernment and I'm going to talk to my kids. I'm going to teach my kids to discern. I'm going to teach my kids to hear his voice. And, and through that, you actually get to practice because solid food is for the mature. For those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice constant practice. You are not going to practice discernment if you go to a yes man church and you sit with yes man people who are exactly like you, who think exactly like you, and you never, ever, ever, ever are stretched, are pushed outside what you are comfortable with. Theology is our understanding of God. That is what it is. None of us have the full picture. We all see in part. We're not fully going to know and see it all and understand it all until we are in heaven one day. But we get so caught up in the knowledge. We get so caught up in in, in what is right and what is wrong, that we, we can stay stuck there and we can stay fearful there. And we can then choose to be in these safe places where we receive milk and we never have solid food and we never grow and we don't mature. How do we grow in confidence? This is it. Number one, 100%, honestly, I've got other points, but learn to hear his voice. 
Learn to discern. And how you do that is you start by listening to things. You start by listening to things that stretch you a little bit. You start by asking better questions. You start by going to God and asking him what he has to say about that. You stop listening to all the disagreeing parties and people, and you start listening to what the Holy Spirit is saying to you. You start testing it with God's word. You start trusting the fact that you are his sheep and you hear his voice. You start growing in confidence of who God is and what his character is. Is, so you can line things up with that. You get faster and faster and faster at it. You can hear a thought and you can know, no, that's not him. That doesn't line up with his character. That doesn't line up with scripture. That is not my God because God says that that perfect love casts out fear. God says that, that he does not give us a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. You can start to use scripture through your knowledge of it to discern. That is how you do it. You get in the word, you practice, you practice. Point number two, know who you are in him. Do you know who you are and what you've been called to? When I was thinking about this point, I was thinking of the, the story, you know, the, the little rhyming books we get for our kids. I don't even remember who wrote it, but are you my mother? You know, this, this little thing goes around one, one animal to another. And are you my mother? Are you my mother? See, see he did not know his identity. Because if he knew his identity, if he knew he, who he was, he would know where he had come from. He would know who his mother is. If you know your identity, where you start with that, if you don't know for yourself, that's why we start with point number one. You get in the word and you get to know the character and the nature of God. Because as you begin to know where you came from and who you are made in the image of, you begin, you just begin to understand who he created you to be. You are made in the image of God. You are his son or daughter. You are his child. You have authority because he has given you authority. He calls you yours. You are adopted. You have been covered with the blood of Jesus and you have been declared righteous. So when those guilty thoughts and the shame come rushing in and you feel like a failure and you feel like, like you're making mistakes and you feel like you're just this horrible human, you can say, no, 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 I am covered with the blood of Jesus and I am declared righteous. God doesn't look at me and see all my sin. He looks at me and he sees the sun. He sees the blood. And so we can walk in, in, in confidence of who we are. We can make mistakes and we can get up and we can repent and we can ask God to cover us and we can move on from them. We can grow in maturity. When you know who God is, you begin to get a glimpse, just a glimpse of who you are. And then you can ask him who he created you to be because now you can hear his voice and discern what he's saying and what he isn't saying. And you begin to grow in confidence of who you are, who he created you to be, what gifts he has given you. And you start to walk more confident knowing not just what he's saying, but knowing who he made you to be. Some of you have heard the story, I probably even said it on this this season, whatever, these last few episodes about the tortoise and the hare. And actually, interestingly enough, and I'm not going to say what it is because sometimes there's just, sometimes there's just uh, secret things 
sometimes there's just secret things. Sometimes God says things to you and it's exciting, but sometimes they're just for you. They're just, they're just hidden. They're, they're in the secret place. So God has told me some things um, recently that, that mean that this no longer is true, but I'm going to tell you what he told me years ago. Years ago, he told me the story of the tortoise and the hare and he brought it to my mind and he said, you know, you, you have looked at this story and you have glorified the tortoise and you've said that the tortoise is right and everyone should be slow and steady because that's what win the race but I did not fashion you that way. And so if you are trying to be the tortoise, you are never going to be content. You are never going to find your true identity. You are never going to be happy because I didn't make you a tortoise. I made you a hare. I made you to run. I made you to do short sprints, not marathons. You were never created for marathons. You were created to be a sprinter and you were created to run like stink and then flop on the ground and and feel like you're dying and sleep underneath a tree and rest in my presence and let me fill you up again. You were created to dash and then hide in a hole. You were created to, to, this is it, where I had always felt guilty. I'd always felt like there was something wrong with me. I'd always felt like like I wasn't enough. I should be more consistent. I should be more like the tortoise. And he gave me this picture. It's something I never even thought of, but gave me this picture of who he had fashioned me to be. And I began to grow in confidence. I began to rest in the fact that, you know what? I know myself. I know that, ooh, I'm running right now. Don't anyone mess with me. I got to keep this momentum because who knows how long it's going to last. And I know that when I need to rest, I'm not going to feel guilty about it because I know there's going to be a time of sprinting up ahead. And I will accomplish more in that sprint than most people do in weeks of of a marathon. So I've learned who I am and can begin to trust that and have confidence. I know the gifts that I have. I know what I've been called to. I know I'm called to stand against certain things. I know that I'm called to to stand um, on education and to to pioneer and to vision cast um, something new. God is doing a new thing in education. I know I'm called to families. I know I'm called to children. I know I'm called to teach. I know who I am and I know my gifts and I know what I'm called to. And that comes through seeking and discerning. That comes through praying and asking. That comes through getting in the word and that comes through getting to know the one who made you. Point number three, how you grow in confidence. Once you've learned to listen to his voice and discern, once you know your identity, you know who he is and you know who you are in him, then you need to grow roots and stand firm. You need to grow some roots. You know, sometimes you listen to that story of, about the heart. It's about the heart, but it's about the seed that's scattered and some the birds take away and some the thorns come up and they choke away and the weeds and some of them, they just don't actually get deep enough. They don't actually build a good root system. You can switch that up and you can, you can go to John 14 and you can do the vine and the branches and we are supposed to be rooted in him. We're supposed to be actually growing off of him. He is the vine. We are just the branches growing off of him. If we're not tethered to him, if we're not growing from him, then we we actually don't have our foundation. Notice how it doesn't say that our foundation is if we're sitting under Paul or if we're sitting under Timothy or if Peter is our teacher. It's not talking about being rooted to a man. It's not talking about um, being grounded at a certain church, a certain denomination. It is talking about being rooted in Jesus, which means that you need to know him. You need to know him. How do you know Jesus? Jesus is the word of God. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Jesus is the word of God. He is the spoken word of God made flesh. You want to get to know Jesus? You read the Bible, which is the spoken word of God, and you will see him. You will see him. 
We are not to be tethered to the greatest speaker. We are not to be tethered to the greatest movement. We are not to be tethered to the best theology. We are to be tethered to Jesus. We are to be grounded in him. We are to allow roots to grow deep. And roots grow deep in a a painful way. Roots can grow deep in in a comfortable way. Growing roots, sometimes that happens when when it's in in the bare winter and we feel like we're producing nothing, but maybe there's not green and fruit coming out from our branches, but instead it's happening under the surface of the ground. We're growing roots in the hidden place, in the dark place, in the valley of the shadow of death. You want to know where you grow roots? That's where you grow roots. When you are being challenged, when you are going through difficulty, that is when you grow in your character. That is when you decide your faith becomes real and you need to decide what do you actually believe? Who do you actually follow? Is what you say true or is it not? Because here you are in the valley of the shadow of death and it's time to actually walk it out. You've been preaching it. You've been saying it. You've been going to church and high-fiving your neighbor and saying good message. But do you actually believe it? See, that you don't know until you're tested. And when you're tested, your roots grow deep. I believe that God is calling us. I believe he is calling us to rise up. I believe that it is enough with the insecurity Stop going to the self-help section. Stop researching, you know, what what condition might I have that I need to I need to just figure that out because maybe we do this all the time. We psychoanalyze ourselves. Anyone? I, I was doing it yesterday, so I'm not judging you. I'm, I'm there as well. Psychoanalyze. I, I, I'm having so much trouble with motivation and with keeping myself on track. I start psychoanalyzing myself. I start going online. I'm like, maybe I have this. And maybe, you know, that's the reason why. And if I could understand myself, I could come up with systems and strategies to help myself. I mean, I'm not saying those things are bad. I'm not saying don't ask those questions. I'm saying that a personality quiz, a course, a a condition, a self-help book, that, that there's only so much that those things are going to be able to help. You truly, truly want to walk in confidence. You truly want to know who you are. All you have to do is ask him because he is literally the one who made you. Who is going to know you better than that? He fashioned you in the innermost hidden parts of this world. He fashioned you. He knows you. He thought of you before the beginning of time. This is where we want to go. That is our source, not to the world. So if you want to grow in confidence, you can start with stopping to, to, to go to all the people and all the sources and start making him your source. Start making him your authority, not the world. Stop looking to the world to have the stamp of authority, stamp of approval, um, to qualify you or to, to say that, you know, what you believe, yes, that is true. And, and I agree with that. And we constantly need other people to, to confirm what has been said. You know, when you can tell, I mean, I, I love my kids, but you can tell a little kid. A little kid comes up to you and when they paint something, they draw something, they do something. Their first thing, they're, they're at the pool and they're doing flips. Their first thing is, look, look, look at, look at me. Was that good? Did you see? Wasn't that amazing? Did I hold my breath a long time? Wasn't that, wasn't that a beautiful picture? Aren't I really good at that? See, a young, immature person, they need constant affirmation. They need constant affirmation to help build their confidence and to help build their identity. That's immaturity and that's okay. That's, that's our kids. That's totally fine because they are children. See, you and I, there's an invitation. It's not a condemnation, but an invitation. There's an invitation for us to grow up, to grow up, 
to seek solid food, to begin to mature in our faith by growing in discernment, by growing in hearing his voice, by knowing our identity, by going to him rather than going to the world and to start to grow root systems that are deep and that are tethered and that can stand in the midst of the storms. This is the legacy that we pass on to our kids. This is what they are going to do by modeling their parents. They are going to look at us and they are going to see whether we are blown to and fro in the wind or whether we stand because we know who we are. Let's pray. God, I thank you for each person who was here. I thank you for each person that has listened to this. And I pray right now against any condemnation, guilt, or shame that the enemy may be trying to come in and and fill our minds with, God. And I say that we are a new creation in you. I thank you for your grace. I thank you for your mercy. I thank you that that we have time to, to grow and to learn. And I pray that we would take just not one second of that for granted. God, I pray that you would begin to train us up, that we would begin to mature, that our generation would begin to eat solid food and be mature, not walking in fear, not listening to all the voices, but rather tuned in to your voice, learning how to discern through constant practice. And I pray that this will be what we pass on to our children not our great theology, not our great understanding, not our great knowledge, but rather our great discernment because we have practiced and we know how to hear his voice and our children would know how to hear your voice as well. Bless us this week. Bless our homes and our homeschools and our our marriages and our families and bless our children. God, would you just bless our children in your name. All right, if you're listening to this way down the road, this may not be relevant, but I am going to throw it in there. We are doing a, um, a retreat. We're actually doing two of them. We're doing one in Canada. And we're doing one in the United States as of right now, which is October 12th, 2022. That's correct. I am podcasting and about to hit publish. Now you know you're getting raw unedited. I don't edit these things. But anyways, um, so I have, I've been really praying about what this, this Canadian retreat is going to look like. It is happening in just a week and a half now. Um, it's October 21st and 22nd in Edmonton, Alberta. And I, I, God has laid so much on my heart for this, for this retreat that it is, it is honestly, it's just burning on my heart. And, and I can tell you that it will be different than anything you've ever come to because I've never been to anything like what God is laying on my heart to do. Um, it is not really a retreat. It's not really a conference. It's not really a convention. It's not really a, um, camp revival meeting. I don't know what it is. It is for families and it is for ministry. But I can tell you that I I believe that um, that I, in one of the sessions, I actually think I'm going to be talking directly to the kids um, and inviting parents to come and pray over their children. This is going to be family ministry time. If you're not coming with your family, that's fine. You're going to take home what what was what was received there, and you're gonna you're gonna lay that on your family, and you're gonna follow through with it. But I really believe that God wants to. Um, he wants to even revisit the way that 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 we do things as a family when it comes to being in the family of God. And there's a way to do it where our kids are actually a part of it. 
now this is all theory and we'll see when it actually happens. But I do think it's going to be really special. And I think especially this first one is going to be special because it is going to be intimate. It's going to be smaller and it's going to be our first one. And so there's going to be, there's going to be something special about this that probably won't ever be able to be recreated. I am recording it though. I will be honest. I'm not sure that I'm praying about if I'm released to even release it. I I want it to be special and I, I don't want it to be performed or staged. Um, I think it's going to be, uh, it's going to be relevant for now and I don't want it just to be something that's floating out there. So we'll see, we'll see if we end up recording it and pushing it. And I know it's not going to be possible for everyone, but if you cannot make it to that one, then we are going to be doing another one in the States and that's in North Carolina. It is in April. You can find out more information on our site. Um, it just in the menu up there, you, I think it's under news and then speaking or something like that, but, um, you can even search it, but just look up retreat on our website, but that is going to be very similar. It's just going to be a lot longer and there's food and we're going to just gather together in his name and seek him and minister to families. And it's just worship and prayer and ministry. And it's going to be awesome. So either one of those, I would love to meet you there. I would love to see you, but honestly, I just don't think it's about that. I don't think it's about, um, about you meeting me or vice versa. I think it's about God wanting to meet with us and not just us, but our children. And, and I think he wants to do a new thing in our families. And so that's what I'm believing for. That's what I'm contending for. Um, and you can find out more information on our website, um, gatheroundhomeschool.com. So thank you so much for joining and I will see you again whenever God lays it on my heart. (laughs) Talk to you later.